unpack your knives and say yes stay welcome everybody to another episode of the top chef for hop up the penultimate of season 20 and i am Haley strong i am here i am not just leaving the podcast um after a announcement on instagram neither are you kurt clark right like like suny lee <laughs> um i i'm like so now that you've podcasted you think you're gonna podcast more no less <laughs> much less <laughs> well tanya welcome um, welcome back we have to discuss the the elephant in the room which is that padma is leaving top chef yeah, I would say right after the episode on, or maybe it was like Friday morning yeah. or something. Maybe it was Saturday. I don't know. Every day is the same. Um, she put on her Instagram that after season 20, she is retiring from Top Chef hosting to focus on her other projects. And I was like shook in a way I haven't been in a very long time. It, it's, it's hard to envision I'm sure that like I mean we could just watch watch season one again and see what it was like without Padma. I don't I didn't I don't wanna though. <laughs> no, I don't know. I really don't want to. Um like yeah. do you think it's gonna be one of those things where they get like some hot up and coming like person of color to fill in the spot, or are they just gonna elevate Gail? I think probably elevate Gail and then have somebody move into that second judge's spot. Okay. Um, I think at that point, that would be a really great opportunity. You got a, a person of color in there who, um, you know, is in the food world as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my, <laughs> my other, my other Anti-diversity person. casting. My there. other person I would like to throw my weight behind as host is somebody like Kristen Kish. Um, yeah definitely has some food host or food show hosting under her belt so i would either love gail to move to that spot and have and have somebody move into the third spot um or have Kristen kish and then keep gail and tom where they are but that's that's me i like gail and tom and the roles that they're in currently and i'd kind of like to see you know an up-and-comer um person of color be in that hosting spot because I feel like there is something just so um kind of like all-encompassing and international in a lot of ways about Padma and her like what her aura and like what she brings to the competition and it's different the way that she does things than the way Gail does things because we've seen glimpses of that in Last Chance Kitchen which I know you could speak to Kurt yeah and i think my mind is going exactly where yours was i I think that the the vibe we would want for a host it's very much a padma like vibe i think she she gives off a good host vibe and i know gail is hosted with i think the the desserts version um but i i i think that i'd rather at first i was like i would love gail to host i love gail but i think i would rather have a fresh face with more of a Padma like vibe to it. Yeah. So are you looking for more of like a true host with like some food background rather than Mm. maybe like a chef who has done some light hosting? You know what? I'm easy. I've heard (laughs) that about you. I have a, I'd like to 
throw a name in the ring that I know hasn't gotten very much play, but uh, Latanya? Maybe, yeah, Latanya? Uh, one Latanya Starks might be exactly what this little franchise needs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't embarrass them in so many different ways immediately. You just I, hit I on all of like the guest judges. I, I know how to behave myself. I know how to behave on myself <laughs> around other people while keeping it like fun and, and jovial. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I spend way too much time around like high school students and like young college students to not know how to keep my shit together. That's fair. Although I was I was rewatching judges table today and, you know, we can talk about this a little bit more when we get to it. But, you know, they are having a real hard decision to, you know, determining who was the last person to go through to the finale. And Gail was like, kind of put her foot down in a way I've not seen Gail do. Before. She's like, we need to make a decision. Um, and then she and she said, well, in the in the immortal words of my good friend, Emma Lakshmi, um, and I forgot what it was that she said. I, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean yeah, because I like, didn't watch the bring him episode. back in here or yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch the episode until last night. So I had already like before watching the, the episode, I had known about that. And yeah. I, I really like picked up on that moment and was like, Gail, you are I, I think Padma whispered this to you and you are you were trying for for the main <laughs> the main role. She's running, everybody. She's running. I don't know. I just really, I, I, I wonder if they were to bring someone into that slot, who that person would be, would be. Because one of the great things about Padma is the diversity that she brings to the, the hosting, but also to judging. And then almost the worldliness uh, and, and just like knowledge of all different types of cuisines that she brings it's a really tall order to fill Padma's Louboutins. Yeah, I agree. I'm like really devastated to be losing her as the host. I think she's just incredible. I think she's probably honestly the best reality TV host across the board. Yeah, I agree. The, although I, and I can't, I just can't see like, like, you know, now we have chefs who are like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to cook. Uh, food from India when I know Padma is going to be like, we're not going to, we're not going to get a point where it's like, Oh, I'm not cooking poutine. You know, now that Gail is going to be on the, uh, on the judging path. It's not, it's not, it's not quite the same thing. <laughs> no, not quite the same. Or what is the thing that she loves? The, um, Oh, the, the scotch egg, is it? Or no, no the Welsh rabbit. Rarebit. Rarebit. Yes. I said rabbit. How embarrassing for me. Listen, that's what I thought it was until this season of Top Chef. So I'm not going to hold it against you. I appreciate it. Uh, well, we'll just have to keep our eyes on the on the news and see, you know, who gets floated up. I can see there being a, you know, I, I you know, given that they filmed this last one like in September, um, if that's what they're, you know, targeting again, I'm, I'm guessing that they've, the production has had, has had to have known for a while and kept it under wraps. I imagine. I don't think a pad must, you know, sprung it on everybody, uh, including production like just last week. So I'm hoping the search has begun. I mean, I could see there potentially being an interim hosting season where it is Ooh. like, I mean, I could see it being treated a little bit like uh, like Portland. Yeah. Maybe do you have do you have like a rotating mm. crew of guests? Like 
know, this quick fire, you know, instead of Padma kicking it off, it's Amar or Dawn or Brooke, you know, do you kind of rotate people through heading up the different challenges? Like I could see that there would be a season of that. That could be fun. Or it could be a disaster. Oh yeah. I mean, but you possible. never know until you try. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's only a fa- true failure. If you fail to learn from it. Mm. Let's get into this episode. We're no, in Paris. You. Everyone knows French all of a sudden. Oh um, uh, yeah, you wouldn't think that from the uh, from their time grocery shopping. You know what? Yeah. I I have taken many years of French, et cetera, et cetera. My, how they grocery shopped was like when I was in France, like me trying to speak French. Like I'd be able to get one line out. And then they'd hit me back with more French and I'd be like, okay, can we switch to English now? Thank you for yeah. like enter- entertaining this. Yeah. Doesn't everyone speak English? Like, I mean, aren't we the ones that are yeah, the problem? <laughs> yeah, we are the problem. They definitely speak English. They don't like to. They don't like to, yeah. <laughs> they get mad when you try. Um, okay, so quick fire challenge. Coach your teammate to create identical dishes without being able to see each other. It's the wall challenge. We've seen this before a few times. Um, but this time, it's not family members. No, 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 no. We have Olympians. Latanya, you love Olympians. I I'm like the fact that this is the the first event that I've seen on television that's just kind of like ushered forth it, the fact that the Olympics are happening next year. I'm so excited. The Olympics, even when I'm I was fully hospitalized for the entirety of the last Olympics, uh, which felt like my hopes and dreams at the same time because of everything that was going on with Simone Biles and her inability to compete due to uh, her mental health struggles. Um, But I was like deep in the ICU for the entirety of the Olympics and still was um, like keeping up with the Olympic time zone because that's just how much I care about the Olympics. I just kind of switched to whatever their time zone is for however long for the fortnight. Um, so when I found out that this challenge, like I recognized all of these people, I was so excited about it. And I felt like very alone in that. And that I was just alone cheering for these Olympians, not doing anything related to the Olympics at all, uh, but cooking very messily on the side of one side of a wall. It, putting your absolute adoration for Olympians aside, mm-hmm. were they the right choice to have participate in this challenge? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like when you say no, do you mean there's other Olympians that could have done it? Or <laughs> Haley, is your question coming more from a place of should it have been Olympians at all? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> should uh, it have been somebody who has some competency like in who's cooking? ever seen a, an ingredient before yeah like it, it ha- do you know do you know what a leak is on site then right. you are qualified to participate in this challenge you know what and i'm fine with okay i get it because it's paris etc cetera, etc cetera. like let's suspend some disbelief if this is like episode one or two i'm fine with people not being able to know how to cook to be on the other side mm-hmm but this is the second to last episode. Yeah. And I know it's not like for immunity. It's not for the winning prize. It's not. But it is like kind of like cutting them off at the knees. Like yeah. right before the final. Which- oh, I loved it. Give me more. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you love chaos. It was it was so chaotic that I, I thought that you might like it, but it was starting to stress me out a little bit at the point when they were like, okay, grab the poblano and and soon he's like, what's that? Grab the leek. Is that pointy? Is that and the there was only one? like seven vegetables there? It's not like they had the whole stock pantry. No. <laughs> It was really bad. I want to see Suni Lee succeed in so many things. She had to um, quit um, gymnastics at um, Auburn in order to start training again for, well, that's kind of true. Part of it is that she had to start training again for the 2024 Olympics. But another part of it is that she has um, some type of kidney disorder that is uh, has, has kept her from training. Uh, oh, for no. some time so I'm just hopeful that she is able to actually come back and be competitive because the last like several months of her time that she would have spent in her last competitions for NCAA she missed because of this kidney problem Damn. so I was just happy to see her there in Paris alive and walking around fair and reasonable um we, yeah, so Sudi Lee, I would say, is for me the biggest name there. Um, we also have Sydney McLaughlin Lavrone, Hunter Woodall, and Mallory Wegman. Um, and they were on the other side and they had to be directed by by their uh top chef partner on to what to cook. And when, I'm sorry, when 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 Padma said, who here's ever you know participated in the wall challenge? And I don't know if I've been like poisoned by Big Brother. Where all I could think of was was like, like they're gonna stand on a wall. Like they're, they're gonna yes. like stand there like half like it's an endurance challenge. Like I didn't know what was meant by the wall challenge until they pulled back and I saw like I remember I remember now, but I didn't this wasn't like the mise en place relay to me. This wasn't a a staple that it feels like we or or an ingredient tasting challenge. Mm-hmm. This one feels like it was one that we get a lot less frequently and isn't necessarily a you know a mainstay of the Top Chef challenge uh you know smorgasbord. So I feel speak. like I have no memory of this ever happening <laughs> before. I just I remember from um from the season that Brooke won. I just like I remember like yeah. Uh, John Tazar, his I believe it was his wife was on the other side of the wall, and he's like, like completely not recognizing her voice, and I and I think he like came under a lot of fire online, like how could you not know your and and it was it was just interesting, um, uh, just dynamic through that that season, um, so that's that's the last one I really remember, but I I did figure that they were anticipating it would be family members. Yeah, and you know, Buddha's like, "Well, this isn't a family member. Yep, never heard this voice in my entire life. And everyone I know knows what an asparagus is, or or whatever. Yeah, leak. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a difficult challenge. Um, Buddha and Hunter made a cauliflower puree with baking croutons, leeks, and capers. Um, I thought like Hunter was a good partner, but Buddha seemed to be like losing patience with our good friend Hunter there. Um. We had Gabri and Suni, and they made roasted baby corn with pine nuts and poblano sauce, and they were in the bottom with that. Uh, that is not a surprise. They were two agents of chaos. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I have. I hate looking at baby corn. Like, I, it grosses me out to look at it. Mm. Like, it creeps me out. I can't. I've never eaten it. Like, I can't. I can't deal with it. 
Do you, you know, you don't have to eat it. Like, no, no, I know, but I, I don't like, I don't like. For, the, for those who don't have the video feed, I just yeah. mind. You copped it. Eating a very <laughs> tiny cup of corn. No. Like, you, like if you were a rabbit or something. I love the cobbing it. Let's um, all cob it. Imagine a lote with baby corn. Okay, I can't even. I, no, I have to move no. on to the next dish. Ali and Mallory <laughs> made potato leek soup with creme fraiche, and he, I, I thought he approached this very smart, which was yeah. to make a soup yeah. and to measure every ingredient, yes. and so he could tell Mallory the exact measurements, and that was like obviously a genius way to do it because he was in uh, him and Mallory won. Um, and then Sarah and Sydney made spiced chicken with sweet and sour cauliflower and herb salad. And based on like the uh, cook part of the challenge, I really thought they were going to be on the top because Sarah was the most calm about the situation. I thought she made a great point where over COVID, she did a lot of like online cooking classes. So this doesn't oh. feel that different. Um, so but I was. This, this chicken looks so dry. Like it, it was just screaming out for some kind of liquid or sauce yeah a sauce it was was hilarious when um like sarah picked up her chicken it looked like beautifully browned and everything and then uh sydney picked up hers and i was like "Ooh, i would send that back (laughs) i i had like a small like oh moment when sarah described like not just like you know she was doing cooking classes but that she donated all the proceeds to her employees yeah during covid i was like oh sarah yeah it was it was really hilarious when they finally did the reveal to see gabri be like i i was just screaming at an olympic gold medalist (laughs) yeah (laughs) what the hell is wrong with me i i wonder how much of like sarah was the calmest Mm -hmm. i think i think she would have been calm with everybody um, but whereas I think that regardless of who Buddha and Gabri got, I think they would have been frustrated. And mm-hmm. and Ali was somewhere like in between. I I was just like, and I don't know if it was the editing, but the whole like they couldn't hear each other at the beginning, it seemed like. No, no. Yeah. that was frustrating me more than anything. Well, it like, also like annoyed me that Mallory didn't have like an adaptive table. Like she yeah. was like working like up here. Yeah. And, that, and like, it, and when Ali opened the window, he like looked straight and then he was like, <laughs> I was wondering what, oh, yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah. And also it, how much of the, he, he was the only chef Destin who described the dish. Is that why they won? Uh, probably not. But like describe <laughs> the dish to I, Mallory or describe. No, the, the judges. So sorry. When, oh. the, when the dish was presented to the judges. The Olymp- all the Olympians except for Mallory presented the dish. I mean, I, I call bowls. I, I would give any win to Ali, so I, I think I'm too biased to answer that question. Yeah, um, just really happy to have Ali around talking about putting the Ali in finale once again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't be able to do that. We will longer. not be doing that at all um, until he inevitably shows up to sue uh, for someone. Oh, but, I like, oh, I thought you meant like lawsuit. Oh, no, no, yes, the stew chef. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't cool. wait until he's so, <laughs> until we get the freebie TV show that's just Ali suing all of the chefs from <laughs> Top Chef Twenty. I love that for me. Um, I, I can see there being a like culinary based legal drama called Sue Chef. <laughs> <laughs> 
now? Yes. Okay. I'm there for it. It's a Monday night. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can amp amp myself up for sous chef. I can. I'm with you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. The elimination challenge, folks. It's our last elimination challenge. How do we feel? Like it. It all feels like everything went very quickly. Um, but at the same time, it feels like we've been doing this podcast for like six years at this point. Um, I've enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I'm not saying that this, it's been bad. It just really feels like we've been doing this for quite a while. I, but yeah, everything went really quickly at the same time. It, time doesn't work. What well, like time doesn't make any sense. No. And they also like I feel I don't know if it was like in a preview or a post view or whatever, but there was some, like some of the chef testants who were like went out at the beginning and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, um, create an elevated dish use featuring champignons de Paris. Um, we're going to the catacombs, baby. Yeah. I love the description of these mushrooms when they were just like, they were first noticed growing on the top of horse poop. So everyone immediately thought, yes, let's eat that. I was un- unsettled by when they just straight up put the mushrooms in their mouth. Yeah. The best way to eat them is raw is what the French guy who I guess lives in the catacombs. That sounds say magnifique, but I will not be participating in that activity. Please wash these and your hands vigorously before serving them to me. Um, But I do love a challenge where we just focus on one ingredient, especially if it's kind of like a, uh, a, a local ingredient. We're hyping that up. Um, big fan of that. Um, I, I like this challenge. I like it. It's yeah. mushrooms. It's simple. Like cook mushrooms. I love that. Love That's mushrooms. great. Yeah. So many different. I remember, it was, I remember a couple seasons ago, we had the mushroom, the mushroom focused challenge where there was like, uh, I think that, I think that was Portland as well, where it was kind of a foraging challenge. Oh and yeah. Yeah. The, and your, your point about the, the mushrooms and the horse poop would maybe think of this, this, uh, this tweet that I saw from several years ago where it was like, uh, can't stop thinking about people that first ate mushrooms they found and just had to go through trial and error of like, this one tastes like beef, this one killed Brian immediately, and this one makes you see God for a week. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, who eats these things? Oh, boy. I love mushrooms. Yeah. I am I'm a recent convert to mushrooms within the last few years, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of, like, I, I've even been one of those people who will eat mushrooms when there's like a mushroom recall. I'm just like going on faith, baby. <laughs> God would never let anything happen to me. Well, Tanya, mushrooms I, related capacity. I love you, but if you are eating recalled mushrooms, I wasn't eating like the specific brand that was recalled. You are probably eating horse poo mu- mushrooms. <laughs> like that's why they've been recalled. Okay. Well, and they don't even get like the the classiness from having been in the catacombs. No, definitely not. No, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> I can't support that choice. I just can't. 
I, I liked the call out that when they emerged from the catacombs with their bushels of mushrooms, they're like, these are the, this is the first time these mushrooms have ever seen daylight. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of touching. And now you're I, going thought, I was like getting them. a little like misty at that too. They're like, yeah. yeah. It's the first time. I was like, and then they went to go cook on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> a non-moving boat, but a boat nonetheless. That had to be um really interesting to cook on just because it's still on the water so you're still getting the whole like unable to, inability to find your balance like i i don't know that's kind of how i feel whenever i'm on a boat which is yeah. why i so enjoy drinking on boats it evens things out it, <laughs> <laughs> it just makes the tipsying happen a lot quicker Oh, I thought you say it's like you're staggering to the left while the boat's staggering to the right, so everything's <laughs> Yeah, um, your equilibrium is equilibrized. Yes. The I mean, and that was like a that was a big kitchen. I mean I that, it was. Like, they know, all like had four. like their little pods and everything. It was really yeah. cute. Yeah. It did seem like it was a big kitchen, but at the same time, am I the only person who felt like whenever they were entering into different parts of the boat? It felt like compressed space. It felt it was expansive and claustrophobic at the same time. Yes. It was like it seemed like like looking looking through the kitchen, like the like all like it seemed like it it went forever, but like all of the passage, like all of the corridors and like the, the walkways through the kitchen were so tight. Yeah. That's what I mean to say. Thank you. I'm glad that I wasn't the only one who saw yeah. that. What else are we talking about? Um, we, everyone was excited about the chef that was yeah, there. Alain yeah. Ducasse. Yeah, they were originally told that they weren't going to be able to see him, even though they're cooking on his boat. Mm -hmm. um, and then they were. And then you they want to make sure you guys were okay. You want to make sure you guys had everything you needed. Like, oh, it was very sweet of him. They thought, like, they thought they were being punked. It was nice. Yeah, they. <laughs> I'm guessing production didn't tell them, yeah, we got rid of the first, the French chef first in the competition. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt too. I was like, oh, how embarrassing for them. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, it was really funny to see Buddha just like freak out because, uh, well, first it was Gabri because he was just so focused on like, you know, he was like just in it. And then all of a sudden he looked up and was like, whoa. And then mm -hmm. Buddha freaked out and was like, look at this camera. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. I and love Sarah, the breaking of the fourth wall. And Sarah's like, I bet they didn't brief him on don't give the chef testants advice. And she's like, what should I do? And he's like, do more of this. And he's like, OK, I will. I will. You know, I will peel the mushrooms or, or she's, she's like, would you peel the mushrooms? I would peel the mushrooms. I'm going to peel the mushrooms. Every though. single mushroom now. Yes. That was so funny. Oh, I'm just really so happy good. for them all. I just felt, I mean, to to be able to cook on his boat and to have it be docked where it was, like, even aside from that, I guess everything in Paris is beautiful. I've never been, but it's on, like, very much at the top of my list, as you can imagine. But their hotel rooms, even, with the views that they got, are so gorgeous. Like, it's like, no matter where they were, they had a view of the Eiffel Tower. Well, there are four of them in the city. <laughs> They're not, <I'm laughs> How dare How you dare lie I? about one of the world's greatest <laughs> landmarks? How dare? Uh, 
So we get we get to presenting. Buddha made champignon de Paris en croute, chicken farce, mushroom puree, and palm puree. Puree. Voulez-vous le palm puree? Mais oui, merci beaucoup. Um, this sounded great. Like, honestly, all four of these dishes, like, I, I need them. Yeah. I need them. They looked, this dish looked so gorgeous. And it was one of those dishes that the second that it was put in front of the judges, they just like lapped it up immediately and had yeah. nothing to say. So you knew that it was delicious. Yep. And I think they kind of like commented on that, like, oh, nobody's talking. That's yep. a good sign. Yeah. Um, and then Ali, he basically, they didn't call it this, but it was. He he made mushrooms three ways, yeah. which is always kind of like a little bit of a, um, a, risk, a what's it called? Like a dagger of death or like a, a death sign or a sign of. Well, because we saw several times this season, we saw like, okay, feature this feature this ingredient and it was like the chefs who did it like apples four ways that sure so like this i was actually thinking that he was going to potentially win until we got to the pomegranate yeah i didn't know that he was gonna win it was i I mean the mushroom steaks looked like as someone who just loves mushrooms like those mushroom steaks look really really good but you had to wonder about some of the other components that he had and like whether or not they were delivering the type of crunch that he was hoping that they were delivering or if they were overpowering. Definitely. Did you mean marked for death? <laughs> it's a, or like a death wish or like, a, I'm not really sure. Um, okay. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> scream and it out. And it's going to be like, oh, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah i'm text us i don't have it in me well i can't i'll have to text you wait until the morning because i know you don't keep your phone on silent in the middle of the night and then you think something's wrong oh i didn't even know that because i i i keep my phone on silent all the time maybe it's on vibrate and so i was thinking oh i can text somebody anytime they'll get it when they get it well I'm yeah but no. don't you remember the one day i was doing admin at like three in the morning and you were doing yeah you were like I on do. vacation <laughs> And so you and I were texting back and forth because you were in a different time zone. And Latanya the next day was like, are you too well? Like my phone was going off last night. I I also got the 6 a.m. text messages the other day that I was just kind of (laughs) like. I'll try to be more cognizant of that. (laughs) Next next season. I've only got a week to irritate you. Um. So Ali made mushroom steak with mushroom croquette with za'atar and goat cheese, mushroom jus, and pickled mushrooms. Uh, unfortunately, he was eliminated with this dish. It's not that it wasn't good. It's just it wasn't better than the other three. Mm-hmm. And, and he seemed like there was a real textural issue with the pomegranate and the croquette. Like you bite it. I think we heard like you bite into the soft croquette and there's this like, you know, the, the, the pomegranate seeds have that little kind of crunchy kernel inside. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he should have just used because I think he described it as like a kind of a grenadine um, at, at one point, um, which, you know, basically is like, you know, pomegranate juice. Uh, so maybe maybe if he had just not done the seeds, but just done the liquid. I don't know. But yeah, I like juice and give that flavor without the because I don't like eating pomegranate seeds because really? of the seed. 
that little kernel in the middle of yeah and it's messy and like i just don't want to stains everything yeah and ethan loves eating them and he'll like open them and he'll spend like an hour opening it and then he'll get it all over the carpet and i get so mad it is just really hard to just get to them <laughs> you know there's a lot of work for not very much gain exactly. at the end the, the yeah, pomegranate juice isn't too. worth the squeeze it's not <laughs> it's not or Sorry. He was so proud for the ten thousand dollar patrons. You would see how <laughs> proud Kurt was of that. He's still he's like yeah he's preening right now. He's absolutely preening. Um, Sarah she made mushrooms more like a mushroom soup with beef leg marmalade, pears, and pickled mushrooms. She did run into an issue where she had made like a puree of mushroom and pear, but it turned out a little grainy. So she made a last minute decision to pull that and serve pears raw, which honestly i think people were like oh this is like the best part of the dish yeah you just made the, and she was worried about making a super simple mushroom soup dish but they absolutely loved the simplicity of it and i think it was like the benefit of this challenge was because you're dealing with a simple ingredient like it is almost better to do simple but just elevated mm-hmm. um and like this is very much more up Sarah's alley than last week was. Like she was able to yeah. really stick to her guns here. Yeah. Was was it Sarah's or Gabri's dish where they were where like there was the one uh uh chef who was dining who said, This is the first dish where you really can taste the champignon. I think it was Sarah's. Sarah's. Okay. I, uh, I I was as as a big Sarah stan. I was very pleased by the feedback that uh, her dish had received. Me too. And this was her first win of the season, her first win of the season, which was really awesome. She's, you know, hitting good at the right time. Um, Gabri, my sweet darling angel. He, again, he made (laughs) me nervous. Yeah. Like let's, let's scale it back a bit. Cause Sarah was like, I didn't even buy any spices. (laughs) <laughs> and Gabriel's like can I, I use 47 ingredients yeah yeah. he's like Sarah do you need anything I have all of them I bought every single I bought one. everything every that was offered at the grocery store in case anyone needs any any help but there were so many components he didn't even get on the plate and Padma yeah. said it was a blessing in disguise yeah. I was I was when I saw I actually wasn't worried when he, when I saw everything that was left off the plate I was also thinking this might actually be a good thing. Yeah. Um, and it kind of was. Yeah. So he his dish was a nest in the woods, a potato nest, chile, marita champignon, de peri puree, shiitake broth, and cured egg yolk. Um, I think I, I think he if he would have gotten the onions on the dish, I believe he had some like spring onions kicking around. Mm-hmm. That would have added like a nice color contrast to the dish because everything else was pretty like beige if umami was a color this was it (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it gave me a stomach ache looking at it like i know that dish was too rich for me um but yeah they love this dish and i was honestly not that i was surprised that we didn't lose gabri here but it's just it was so chaotic and that's the thing that i think i've had to kind of in in watching this season because it when this season first started, watching Gabri like gave me like heart palpitations. He still gives me heart palpitations. It's really hard to watch him work in the kitchen 
because he's just kind of like a whirling dervish. He's got so much stuff going on and he's just flying from from place to place. And there's all these different components. And so, you know, the fact that there are things that he didn't get to add, but they were still talking about how great his dish was, how this was the spiciest dish that he's um, cooked for them. And also um, Tom kind of being like, you know, the chicken component of it was so good. Does it overwhelm the mushroom component? So the two the decisions came down to um, Ali and Gabri and which dish was more successful, even if one of them highlighted the mushroom more so than the other. Yeah, I think it was very like, I think this was like one of the most even eliminations I could have had. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm a little disappointed to lose Ali here over Gabri. Yeah. It was and not hard. just not just for thirst take like thirst reasons. I just feel like Ali has been so consistent. Yeah. It was a really, really tough decision that I I wasn't sure exactly what they were gonna pick, but the judges all seemed, especially the guest judges so blown away by Gabri's dish mm-hmm. and like experiencing something that they I maybe haven't experienced before. Like one of the, the judges was even like, give them my number mm-hmm. and have him come and work in my restaurant mm-hmm. right away. Um, that probably lent a lot more to judges table um, than, you know, the, the pomegranate mistake. And it seems like that was the one component in Ali's dish. That yeah. was its downfall. Well, they 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 even said like, well, judges said like they were, they were almost at a deadlock on who to win. It seemed based at based on their own the, the four folks at judges table and and but it came I think with the Tom kind of encapsulated it as you know you've got Ali's dish which highlighted the mushroom element better, but you had Gabri's dish which just tasted better. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it was, yeah, it was, I'm, I'm hope I'm wondering, like, is Gabri watching this episode and being like, wait a minute, they never told me that guy wanted me to work in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> what, what do you do at that point? But, yep. yeah. So what do you all think, just in terms of how this competition is going to shake out? Like, do you, does it feel like there's going to be one clear winner? I feel like it's Buddha's to lose. Yeah. I mean, I'm like Buddha's my head. Uh, Sarah's my heart. Gabri is my backup. Pantalones. To those two. <laughs> What'd you say? Pantalones. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I like, and, it, and it, but you know, that's also biased by track record. I mean, we saw that Sarah can, Sarah won the, the elimination tonight there's mm-hmm. no saying she can't do it again tomorrow buddha mentioned that tomorrow next episode finale uh you know buddha had mentioned that he kind of went right from houston to here he hasn't really had a break yeah. even though that hasn't stopped him from winning what like three in a row or whatever so but it, it just feels like it just feels like buddha is like pegged to be the winner Although, but with Sarah, I just feel like I, I get where Sarah's 
cooking comes from almost more like I feel there's a little bit more not like like I get I, I see the soul in Sarah's cooking more than in Buddha's. Buddha's is beautiful and great, but Sarah's feels like it comes from her. I don't I don't know. So I just say I just I I just I'm struggling to see a situation in which Gabri ends up like coming out of nowhere and winning. Yeah. It feels to me like it's very much Buddha's to lose. Just in the momentum that he's built up. I mean, there's a little stutter step in terms of that momentum and that Sarah did win this challenge. But it seems like whenever, you know, Buddha is given a challenge, he just seems to rise above and beyond the competition in such a way that like elevates his food, even though his food is already elevated. Yeah, it's 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 almost like like when the when the challenge when any given challenge is like issued, there's like a moment where Sarah just kind of like goes inside of herself and is like, okay, I think this is what I'll make. Whereas I almost feel like Buddha has already like, like come into the competition with an algorithm for, he knows, he knows what he's going to make before the competition starts. It's like the moment he hears the description, he's like, oh yeah, I already knew that. If a, if a challenge like this was going to come up, I'm going to do A, B, and C. Like it almost feels like Buddha has everything figured out already, whereas mm-hmm. Sarah comes up with it a little bit more spontaneously. What do you think, Haley? I, I very much feel like it is Buddha's to lose. I think he is always the most prepared for a finale. Like I think he's known his finale menu since day one. Yeah. Um, but I really, and the thing is, um, I think we haven't seen enough space from Buddha to like see an evolution of cooking style um, because this is very much what we saw in Top Chef Houston and I enjoy it and I love it and I would I would be happy with a Buddha win um, I just think that like Sarah this season has just had such like a different vibe to her like she isn't as like I don't know I, I feel like in Top Chef Kentucky she like wasn't my favorite like I just I don't know. There was, she was, I don't, I don't know. There was something about her that season that just, I didn't totally connect with where this, it just feels like she's let that go. And she's just having a good time when she got eliminated. She was sad, but she was like, that's okay. Like we're, I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing. And then she was mm-hmm. able to come back on that. And like, she was able to pick up momentum. She wasn't like a, you know, like the, the revolving door it feels like she never left um so i think sarah winning would be satisfying i hate to say it i don't think a gabriel win would be particularly satisfying um because it it doesn't feel like we've seen like a continuous build to to this point like i feel like it's been chaotic and he's he's gotten a couple lucky breaks with partnerships um and like obviously he's a very talented chef, like very, very talented. I just wonder what it's going to be like in the finale if he's going to be able to execute his finale menu the mm-hmm. way he wants to. So two things. I think that the disconnect with Sarah in the first time that we saw her on the in the competition was that she seemed to feel that she had something to prove to everyone yeah, around her. That's what it is for sure. Yeah. And she, yeah. And this time she was able just to really just revel in being there. Yeah. And like doing things on her terms um, yeah. and having something 
Like, I know that we've talked about this before, but having something as grounding as like having to pump every day and like send your milk back to your family has to like take your head a little bit out of the competition in a way that could be good for you. Yeah. Um, because I don't believe she had any kids when she competed in I don't Top Chef Kentucky, so. and now she has two. Yeah. Um, for Gabri, though, I could see a satisfying story for his win. Just, I, I just think that we got to it very late. Yeah. So him talking about this episode, kind of cooking his way out of the most dangerous neighborhood mm. um, like to live in, or one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Mexico to live in, and you know, starting at such a young age to try to get himself out of like this violent world and doing that by cooking and then being like the the cat with more than nine lives at this point because he's been on the bottom several times and he's always been able to catapult himself back up to the top and and doing food that is unexpected um not necessarily unexpected from someone who's one top chef but just like flavor combinations maybe that you don't see very often in competitions like these or that other people wouldn't necessarily be able to deliver. So I can see it being a real kind of like, I don't want to say rags to riches because that's so um, like Western, uh, like the, the bent of that. It's just so like classist in a way, but like, it's it is very important to recognize the class struggles that someone like Gabri has had to deal with in order to get to a place in a in a finale of Top Chef International All Stars like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all fantastic points, and I think Gabri is just such a wonderful character, and I'm glad that he's been able to grace our screens the entire yeah. time. Um, you know, just him like really reveling and being in Paris. I thought that was just so like humanizing, I guess. Like it's like a really special story to see. Like it, he's not numb to it. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes like I like Buddha a lot. Sometimes he feels a little numb to like some of the cool stuff. Um, and we've seen him geek out at some of the guest chefs, but sometimes it's a little like where Gabri is like always excited about everything. Yeah. It's a really interesting group of three people. So I'm excited to see what type of food they're going to produce in the end. And I'm still happy to have a draft pick in just one. How still. dare you rub it in like that? Hey, you you know that it's all love with us, Haley. All love and some tears on my end. But <laughs> what are you going to do? That's the same in most of my relationships, if we're being honest with everyone involved. And we should be. We should be honest. So what did you eat this week, Kurt? You know what? There wasn't a lot exciting that I ate this week. Um, like, I'm... I'm going in for a, a medical procedure uh, on Friday, so I actually have to limit what I'm eating this week. So definitely not going to, well, <laughs> definitely not going to be anything fun to talk about through Friday, but after Friday, who boy, there's a food truck festival I'm going to on Saturday. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to the meal kit that I'm getting this week. I guess last week I did make a, um, 
since we last spoke, I made a couple uh, Korean dishes through a meal kit. One was kind of just a um, a uh, Korean pork bowl, which was fine and tasty. Um, yeah, but not not uh, not a lot to write home about this week. I did have a wild mushroom bisque. Uh, mm-hmm. in, I don't know if they were champignon de Paris uh, involved, but that, that was quite tasty. Because um, the only other thing I really want to call out is that like one of my favorite uh, baking shows, season two starts tonight, Crime Scene Kitchen, which is kind of cool. I recommend people watch it. I think it's on Fox, hosted by Joel McHale. At least the last season was. Kurt Chef Curtis Stone is in it. I'm um, trying to think of the other uh, uh, the other judge, but basically it's like these you know teams of two have to go into a kitchen in which some sort of dessert was baked, and based on like what they find there, like which ingredients are partially used and what's in the garbage, and like which which you utens- like which uh, cooking implements are in the dishwasher, they have to kind of figure out what it is that was made and then recreate it themselves. And so at the end, you have like you know you know three people making a you know blackberry cobbler and one person making a blackberry cheesecake and and so you you get a kind of you get judged on how close how correct you were on what was made and amongst those who were correct whoever made the best version of it uh wins so mm. uh, crime scene kitchen high recommend but the uh, premiere episode is tonight monday night um so yeah i'll just toss that out there so they don't have a lot of food to talk about Latanya, what was on your menu this week? Um, so I was really craving some soul food and I wanted to order from Ina May again, but it's so expensive. The only way that I was able to justify it to myself was that um, I had ordered lunch and they just completely brought it to a different. They delivered the food to a completely different apartment uh, and took a, a nice picture of it featuring the uh, number of the apartment, but it just wasn't my apartment. So um, that was like $30, $34 in credits that I was able to get. Um, so I was like, all right, Ina May it is. I'm getting some soul food. So I decided to get um, some greens. When I, I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you that the greens, that so it's greens with ham hocks, right? But like every time you order greens, they're like greens with whatever, with smoked turkey, greens with whatever. But you normally get greens and like essence of whatever that meat might have been. Like maybe there's like a, like a, 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 a sliver of that meat in the greens. These greens actually had like full chunks of ham hock in them, which made me so, so excited. I was very happy about that. I got some mac and cheese because how could you not? And then I got um, something that I got like a cro- uh, a corn um, mac choy dish. I'm not. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. M a q u e c h o u x. Mac chu. I don't know. But then they had this thing that they called surf and turf, which is. Um, like they prepare oysters in a certain way, almost like Rockefeller oysters, but then they put uh, beef short rib on top of them. And I was like questioning my own sanity when I saw that this was a dish and then questioning whether or not I was going to enjoy it. But then when they actually 
uh, when I actually tasted it, it was like nothing I had ever tasted before. The only uh, like small thing I would say is that for me, it was a bit too salty on the short rib side in particular, but the oysters were really well done. Um, so that was delicious. Um, then I had, I just had a, a real craving for some sweet tea. Um, so I made that happen. Um, that was exciting and fun times had by all. Um, I got um, barbecue for the first time from this place called Offset Barbecue. And they just have a plate of pickled things. So it's like uh, actual pickles, pickled carrots, pickled onions. And then there was pickled something else. But it's like a whole plate of pickles um, that I uh, enjoyed while I was sitting through this very long meeting about uh, debate rules for the American Debate Association. It was just like amending rules um for like three and a half hours and i was just sitting there not on camera uh eating some pickles Uh, i i still find it amazing that you and i both lived in chicago and we like the places that we both ate are like two completely separate circles of a venn diagram that don't overlap Like all of the, like I was like, oh, she went to a new place. Let this be a place that I've been to. Nope. No. Meanwhile, I'm going to like crisp Korean chicken and flub-a-dub chubs, hot dog <laughs> shack. I wish that was the, the shack part isn't. I wish is that, it, that was a place. It is. It is. It is. The, the hot flub-a, dog shack. Flub-a-dub chubs? Flub-a-dub chubs. It's an amazing hot dog and burger place that's in uh, East Lake Okay. Um, oh. See, oh. I don't I don't get out nearly enough. I feel like if you came to visit me, I would have an incentive to get out of my home and not just have things delivered to me. But then we'd have to figure out, like, are we going to the place? Like, do we do like a, 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 a dining crawl, like a progressive dinner where we take where we alternate which restaurants we go to? Like, Listen, something you, yeah. if you're coming to hang out, I am down for whatever. Like, I, I am very able to get myself to stay up past midnight under oh, situations no. where friends are. I was going to say midnight. That's... <laughs> I stayed out until like 2 a.m. for that wedding because there was an after party. I had a friend text me this weekend at 1217 being like, hey, I'm at this bar in your hometown. You should come. And I was like, obviously, I was asleep for multiple hours by that point. <laughs> you think I'm leaving my home after 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? It's not happening. That's the reason I didn't get to Dang. hang out with Asia when she had the layover in Chicago, because she was just in line to get her hotel voucher at 9.30 p.m. And I was like, oh, sweetie, I am so old. <laughs> I love you, but it's not happening. It's just- yeah, and I don't live close to O'Hare. Oh yeah, um, then <laughs> who does? I don't. I don't want to brag, but I did hang out with Asia that week. I know Ooh. you did. It is bragging. <laughs> <laughs> what did I eat this week? Let's ask myself. Um, I went to an event this weekend. One of the events I used to work for. Um, and now I can just go as a real person and not as a staff member. It was fantastic. I ate some delicious tacos, had some nice wine cocktails and ate some delicious, uh, dip cheesecake. That was a great time. I made some 
cheese and uh, chive biscuits this weekend too because my chives are blooming. They are looking Ooh. fantastic. So I had to use some of them up. What else did I eat? Oh, I made some pizza this week. Like I made my own dough. Oh, we nice. tried to do it. We got a new barbecue a couple of weeks ago. So I've been experimenting with what I can manage on the barbecue. So I tried the pizza on the barbecue, but I think I had the grill up too hot. So it like didn't get as crispy on the top as I would have liked. And it got a little burnt on the bottom. And also maybe I didn't roll it out enough, but you know, it's each their own. I get tired of rolling them out. You know what I mean? Like I get tired of rolling things out. Other than that, nothing too crazy. Not really. Yeah, it's been a slow. It was food. Week. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, I had some um, Korean chicken fried cauliflower, which was delicious. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. But yeah. Other than that, nothing too crazy. Nothing, nothing super duper crazy, you know. Saving all our love for the finale. Yeah. I've eaten a lot of fries this week in different iterations, and I'm thrilled about that, but it has been a lot of fries. Yeah. My, my meal kit, I ordered a, um, big batch korean barbecue mm. it was like a surcharge of like 10 bucks for it and it's just like a bunch of like korean barbecue with all the fixings so i'm looking forward to hitting that and then like i said i'll report back on the uh the food truck festival um that situation Should we be good. we hope i'll speak for Haley here that your procedure goes well oh thank you i definitely hope that as well yeah i'm <laughs> in on that hoping I figured that would be a safe, yeah, the one safe time yeah. to speak for Haley. Yeah, live on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, anything else about this episode? Nope. We're going to our final three, and um, it'll be our last episode of Padma. I can't believe that. Oh I'm going to cry. Don't even say that. I'm going to cry. I can't even think anything? about it. Have Is there going to be any sort of like end of episode? Tribute. I think so. I will remember I, you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vitamin C's graduation song. Yes. Yeah. They. They. <laughs> oh, I'm just embarrassed. I know with that one. Um, Why would the, you be embarrassed? Everybody knows that song. Everyone knows it. The. I. I. I but also at the same time, it would have to be like a post-credit thing because I don't think they want to like overshadow the winner. So it may be like a, like post-script sort of thing, like an end credit. Stay through the credits. Have have you all watched Taste the Nation? We watched the first season for. Remember when we did like when we it was 2020 and we had nothing else going after just podcasted about food every week. Yeah, I think we picked like a couple episodes to focus on because I don't think I don't think we watched it all. And I had I I think I watched it with. Josh and Emily, like they streamed it and mm, we watched it together because right. at the time I didn't have Hulu, I think it was on. Okay. Um, yeah. It is on Hulu. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I have like a really easy way to watch it in Canada. There's another show that I'm excited about watching at some point this week that's called Searching for Soul Food. It's also on Hulu. Is it um, S-O-U-L or S-E-O-U-L? S-O-U-L. Okay. I like I know, I like Korean it, food. I was saying. No, I know. It follows chef Alyssa Reynolds as she discovers what soul food looks like around the world. I think I saw a preview of that. I can't remember where, but that, that sounds, that sounds familiar. It says international journeys of chef Reynolds exploring Mississippi, Oklahoma, Appalachia, South Africa, Italy, Jamaica, Peru, and LA. I love that. 
So that, just in case you all are looking for more fooding to watch, that's my little plug for that. I'm adding it to the list. All right. Well, Kurt, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Kurt Clark with two C's. Instagram's probably the place I'm most active and most likely to like add, like accept people, random strangers adding me. <laughs> Latanya, what do you have going on? Um, a few things. Uh, Josh Wiggler and I cannot, uh, we can't quit each other basically, <laughs> uh, nor can we quit versus. So. Um, we still have a lot of thoughts about the succession finale series finale. So we are going to start taking that show on the road and putting it up against other series finales of noted shows, starting with HBO shows. So we're going to do uh, succession versus the uh, much maligned game of Thrones finale, which I just watched again for the first time in a very long time. And, Oh, Still ridiculous. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, but we're going to go through, like, I think we're going to talk about lots of different shows through this lens. Uh, Six Feet Under, The Sopranos, among them. So if you're interested in any of those, like, HBO juggernauts, and you still have some thoughts about the succession finale, don't worry, because we very much have you. Um, I... Love and Death and Barry have both ended. So if you want to check out the last episodes of those uh, where I did Barry with uh, Mike Bloom and then I did Love and Death with Sarah Carradine, feel free to check those out. They're also going to be on the HBO feed. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at LK Starks um, and on Instagram at Stormborn1222 for even more of uh what i'm up to the just for the record the six feet under series finale still gives me goosebumps like i think i watched like the last 15 minutes like 12 times like it was it's an amazing one Haley, how about you um you can find me on twitter and instagram at hstrong underscore and of course you can check out what i'm reading over my bookstagram at the strong library and uh, if you want to hear more of my voice, well, you can do so in the Bravo feed talking about Vanderpump Rules. We have one episode left of that. Um, and then Grease Leader and I got together this weekend to talk about the season finale of Taskmaster. Kurt, and you know what? Actually, I was thinking after I finished that podcast, have I ever bullied you into watching that show? Taskmaster? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. For you, because I was like. Kurt would love this show. What have I been doing? Anyway, okay. So we just, yeah, I think we actually just talked last week about how I watched it because of you. Okay, well, good. Because oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, that's because I was like, he he needs to watch this if he hasn't watched it. Uh, okay, great. Um, yeah, and other than that, I'm just kicking around. So, um, yeah, until next time, pack your knives and go. Bye. Bye.